Costume Drama Rewind. We're your hosts, Megan Jett and Laura Skoog. And we're doing something a little different for the month of March. If you love historical dramas, which we're guessing you do, or that you're a glutton for punishment, or that you're our parents, hi mom and dad, you know that one of the classics of the costume drama genre is Little Women. But which version? Little Women is one of those classics that gets made again and again and again and again and again and again. That's where we come in. Here's what we propose to do. In the grand spirit of sports rankings, which we don't actually know anything about, we are excited to kick off Joe March Madness as we seek to identify the ultimate, the definitive, the perfect version of Little Women. Over the next month, we'll be watching six different versions, each one identified by its year of release and by its Joe March. There's the 1933 with Katherine Hepburn, the 1949 with June Allison, the 1994 with Winona Ryder, and versions released in 2017, 2018, and 2019 with Maya Hawke, Sarah Davenport, and Saoirse Ronan, respectively. In case you're wondering, there are a couple of versions that predate 1933, but those are officially classified as lost, and unless the American Film Institute, not a sponsor, yet, wants to fly us out to California to national treasure those versions, there's not a lot we can do. Additionally, there have been numerous miniseries and made-for-TV movie adaptations in different countries, including a few Japanese anime versions, but we have neither the time nor the money to watch all these. Last time I checked, a copy of the 1978 miniseries with William Shatner is $53 on Amazon. And like four hours long. <laughs> so, how is Joe March Madness going to work? We're going to score each movie on a 10-point scale across three dimensions, each name for a chapter in the book. Little Faithful will judge the film's adherence to Louisa May Alcott's original text and the historical backdrop that informed it. How closely does it stick to the plot? Are the characters true to her intentions? Does it steer clear of major mistakes in setting, costuming, language, or culture? Artistic Attempts evaluates each film's unique spin. Every director, and each of our Joes, brings something a little different to their version. How well did it work? Did it add to how we understand and appreciate the story and characters? Or did it fall on its face like June Allison trying to hop a fence? Finally, Joe's journal will rate the central character in the story, the one around whom everything is built, Joe March herself. Whether Joe is your favorite, or whether you're simply wrong, she drives the entire story so that how she's interpreted can make or break the movie. If you're listening to this, it's a safe bet that you're already familiar with Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy, but in case you're not, or if it's been a while, here's how the story goes in broad strokes. The four March sisters represent what we think might be the earliest known example of taking four women giving them all extremely distinct character traits and pitching them together to see what happens and then taking an online quiz to see which one you're most like. Think of them as the Golden Girls or the Sex and the City gals of the 1860s if you want. Laura is an Amy, a Charlotte, and a Blanche. <laughs> as for the March sisters, Meg, the oldest, is pretty and girlish and highly domestic. Joe, the next oldest, is gangly and tomboyish, and she wants to write and to be a soldier or perhaps a pirate. Beth is shy and sweet and wants to hide out at home and play piano. Amy, the youngest, is prissy and pretentious and theoretically wants to make art, but mostly just wants to be rich. We meet the girls in the midst of the Civil War while their father is off serving as an army chaplain and their mother is helping out with various relief efforts. The fact that they refer to their mother as Marmy has confounded generations of readers Though we've learned that if you relax your mouth into one type of Massachusetts accent, it does kind of sound like mommy. Anyway, 
We learn early on that the March family used to be financially well-off, but now they're fairly poor, at least compared to much of their social circle in and around Concord, Massachusetts. Some of the girls deal with that reality better than the others. The story really gets going when they meet and befriend the wealthy but lonely neighbor boy, Theodore Lawrence, inexplicably known as Laurie to most people, and somewhat more explicably called Teddy by Joe. He sensibly responds to Joe's comparative talent for nicknaming by falling for her, while falling into a brotherly role with the rest of the girls. A whole series of shenanigans and standoffs take place over the next few years, largely driven by these dynamics. Meg plays mother to the rest of the girls, while also trying to get the heck out of the house and start her own married life. Jo, on the other hand, loves all of her sisters so much, she wants them all to stay at home forever. Even if she has to kill. (laughs) (laughs) She's the Lizzie Borden of Orchard House. (laughs) However, she doesn't really like Amy that much all the time. A posture which Amy freely returns and apparently is feeding into our Lizzie Borden and Joe March mashup. <laughs> Amy does love her sisters, but she also loves pretty things and gazing into the mirror and is arguably the book's most divisive character, but also my favorite. <sighs> Beth loves absolutely everyone and everything in the entire world, and she is probably the best of all the girls which means she is definitely going to get scarlet fever and eventually die. In the course of their various adventures as they unfold, Meg marries Laurie's tutor, John Brooke, and settles down to a life of having babies and making really bad jam. Joe has some adventures in New York City and then settles down and marries a German professor named Friedrich Baer, with whom she opens a school. Amy swans off to Europe and marries Laurie in a move that millions of women have never really gotten over, myself included. With that extremely quick overview out of the way, we turn to first impressions. Where do I even begin with how important Little Women has been in my life? It started when I was six or seven, and I had an extremely, tragically abridged Great Illustrated Classics version. Said goodbye to that noise pretty quickly, and got my hands on a big fat copy of the full book, which I reread until it literally fell apart sometime in my 20s. But I also read it for the first time around the time that the 94 movie version was coming out, and I've proceeded to watch that mm, several hundred times. I watched the Katherine Hepburn version in high school, think it may have been my last ever blockbuster rental, dating myself a little bit, and I saw the Saoirse Ronan when it came out, but I always come back to Winona. Little Women is just one of those stories that is central to my life. So I too first got introduced to the story when I was given a really short version of the book. It was based off the 1994 script. But I've only read the real thing once, sometime around 1999 or 2000. Very low energy. I've also only seen the 94 version of the movie once, and I'm not even sure I saw it all the way through. I'm generally fond of the story, but it's not one of those gripping ride-or-die stories for me. I'm pretty sure that honor goes to Treasure Island. Anyway, I'm looking forward to A, seeing all the movies and getting more familiar with the story that has stuck in generations of readers' hearts, but also B, rereading the book over the course of Joe March Madness. But most importantly, I have always liked Amy Moore, and I fully believe she spared the world from Joe's painfully bad fanfic by setting it on fire. Next time on Costume Drama Rewind, we'll unpack why Laura has such bad opinions. <laughs> but with that, we are off to the races. We have just posted a blank Joe March Madness bracket on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we invite you to screenshot it, 
fill it out, and repost it, tagging Costume Drama Rewind. We'll air the first review and ranking episode on Friday, March 12th, and if your bracket is posted before then, the top two brackets, the one closest to mine and the one closest to Laura's, will win a small and not particularly exciting prize. This is Costume Drama Rewind, and we can't wait to bring you Joe March Madness. Thank you.